Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. Thank you for joining me once again on Facebook Live. I appreciate all the time that we spend together. Uh, what a show today. You know, it's funny, the, the show ended, a uh, young woman called, and uh, she was annoyed, not annoyed, I shouldn't say that, uh, Michelle, if you're joining us. Um, you know, the, the idea was she was concerned because I had mentioned something on the show about expected age of death, about the fact that you are into a, a higher expectancy of mortality once you pass a certain age. The bottom line is a young researcher at Johns Hopkins University did a report that was pulled from the university website. But I've got the web archive and I tweeted it out. Basically says this, and this is as simple as it gets. Thank you, Amy. Hey, Sarah, how are you? It's as simple as this that the expected numbers of deaths among almost ev actually every age group was not much different than has been projected over years. So think about that for a minute. That if you're in your 80s and you've got COPD or diabetes or heart disease or any number of comorbidities, there is a chance that you are going to pass on sooner rather than later. Here's the bottom line. It's not insensitive to say the truth that we're not going to live forever. Hi, Christine, thank you. Hi, Judy. We're not going to live forever. Yet, we have this mentality in New Jersey with the governor and the health commissioner and the attorney general that we can somehow prevent a viral disease, something that mankind has been unable to prevent since the history of time. We have viruses. They come and go every single season. We're now entering the second round of COVID, flu, pneumonia, cold, all of it. And it's gonna hit us every single year. So whether or not you are scared and you're hiding out, all of that can be accomplished just by enforcing civil liberties. For example, you have a right to be afraid if you want to be and you want to stay home and hide out. But the very idea about, oh, Jake, uh, Jack Glasson, thank you for bringing up the Great Barrington Declaration. I'll get to that in a second. The very idea that we know 99.9% of this, of this disease, people who get it, will be fine. 99.9%, I mean, that's a survival rate better than just about anything out there. As a matter of fact, uh, we did, uh, there was a study I referenced a couple of weeks ago that of the millions of college kids, there were a couple hundred thousand who had tested positive in the few weeks since the kids went back to school. And of those hundreds of thousands who tested positive, only two college kids died. One of them had this horrible condition, this, this, this disease that was autoimmune disorder, which has a four to 7% mortality rate, not the one-tenth of 1% mortality rate that we're looking at with COVID. COVID, according to the World Health Organization, has already impacted nearly a billion people worldwide. They estimate that the infection rate of mortality, the, the number of people who get infected who will die, is 0.13%. The flu in the United States, 0.11%. These numbers are almost identical. So what we've done is we've recategorized this viral respiratory infection from flu to COVID. Look at the numbers I tweeted out this morning, and I actually posted it on nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia. We are literally dealing with a flat number of deaths year over year, going back to 2014, number one. Number two, did you know that out of 1,300 deaths in our hospitals, there were two hospitals that uh, researchers looked at, nine out of 10 of them, 1,200 of these people that died, nine out of 10 had a do not resuscitate order. That means there were no life-giving actions taken. So the minute they started to fail, 
they were allowed to die because that's what the DNR does. So how many people died of COVID or with COVID with A, almost three comorbidities, well, according to the CDC, that number is 94%. So you've got 94% of the deaths had severe complications with their health, number one. Number two, nine in 10, and that's just a sampling of 1,200 people, go to the nursing homes. That wasn't even in the nursing homes. That was two hospitals. DNR, do not resuscitate. And most of the deaths are over the age of 75. So take in those factors and take them all to account and say, well, what do we have here? We have a virus that largely leaves young people unaffected, uh, 99% survival rate under the age of 50, 99.997% under the age of 20. So we, it's not affecting young people almost at all. We know who it affects and we know how to live a healthy lifestyle based on practicing good health, exercising, sweating, eating greens, uh, having uh, plenty of, of iron and protein and all the things that your doctor will tell you, sweating it out every day, washing your hands, you know, before you eat, all those things, not touching your face, all of the protocols that we know work. And here we are, here we are crushing, crushing the dreams, the livelihoods, and the lives of millions of New Jerseyans to allegedly protect a small amount. But here's the bottom line. You're losing your job. Your kids suffering through remote learning is not saving any lives. We did zero to stop the spread of the disease. As a matter of fact, if you look at the charts, look at the charts, and I publish them all the time, from Denmark to Italy to France to New York to South Dakota to Florida to Sweden. There was a spike in deaths and hospitalizations in April, and then it came crashing down in May. The curve flattened because it's a virus, and that's what they do. Uh, Marilyn just had the best line of the whole thing. Thank you, Marilyn. She works for a pharmacy. She's like, I should be dead already. Exactly. When we hear about positive cases, we now know factually that number one, the PCR test is unreliable. Now, how do we know this? Well, the inventor of the PCR test explained it. It's very simple. This is a guy that won a Nobel Prize saying, you're not using my test properly. It's, when you were in school, it's like taking a test that is a number grade between zero and 100. And if you get a 100 out of 100 versus the guy that got a 61 out of 100, you both passed. But you're obviously both at a very different level. So guess what? It's the same thing with the PCR test. They're using it as pass-fail. Whether you pass with a 60 or you pass with a 100, you're the same. The difference is that the, the way they do it is with cycles. And with this cycles, the more they use, the less disease you have. The fewer cycles it takes to identify the virus, the more virus you have. So they said anything over 35 cycles, you start to get really glitchy and totally inaccurate. Actually, some scientists have said anything over 15 cycles. Do you know what the FDA says? They're, they're saying test up to 40 cycles. So what does that mean to you and me? It means something very simple. You don't have to be a scientist to understand this. You don't have to be a doctor. That they are trying desperately to get more positives. But the positive cases that they're getting do not indicate sick people. We are testing healthy people. Now, a lot of you ask me to run for governor. I appreciate that, thank you, thank you. Yes, the viral load, thank you. That's exactly what they call it. 
And it's very, very low in most people. Most people testing positive are simply not sick. We should, number one, stop testing healthy people. Number two, remove the masks. Number three, number three, open everything up and stop the social distance in our school systems. Think about this for a minute. Kids are not super spreaders. We already know that. How do we know it? World Health Organization, Chinese, Swedes, South Korea, Japan, all places that didn't have a spike in disease, all saying the same thing. Whether you had the disease or you didn't have it, whether you locked down or you didn't, the one thing everybody agrees on is that you are, as a kid, not going to kill grandma. Tell your kids, if they're hugging their friends, etc., and playing, they're not jeopardizing grandma. That's according to all the top scientists in the world that have studied this thing for the past eight months. So that's Number one, we know that. So if that's the case, and you add to it, the kids have a 99.997% chance of survival, only a handful of kids have died, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we not open 100%? Now, I am not in a position right now to run for governor. I am, however, gonna tell you what I would do if I were governor. Number one, I would monetize the assets of New Jersey Transit. New Jersey Transit is an, an incompetent mess. Number two, I would go to almost all online with motor vehicles. It would be very simple to do. I would take the model from global entry. Global entry is what you use if you are a frequent traveler traveling outside the country to get back into the country. So I've had it for years. My daughter lives in London. I come back, it scans my face and my fingerprints and I get into the country without having to go through all of the rigmarole with customs. How about that? And that's to prevent terrorism. So think about that. So that's the second thing I would do. The third thing, and this is very important, we need a reverse millionaire's tax. What we need in this state is to say to people who are making more than a million dollars a year, whether it's a business or it's an individual, say we want you and your business here in New Jersey. And anything over a million dollars in income, we are going to be half of the rate of our neighbors, maybe lower. Get that down to 2%. For every multimillionaire we bring into this state, you are offsetting the taxes of dozens of middle-class taxpayers. The reason that your taxes keep going up is that rich taxpayers are leaving. I can mention, I won't mention by name, but I can point to no fewer than a half a dozen of my very wealthy friends who have left this state and are now paying taxes or not in another state. Guess where they're not paying them? They're not paying them here. Now, the other thing is too, I would squeeze the teachers union. Either the schools are open without masks, without all this nonsense protocol that doesn't protect anyone, or they're not. And if they're not, then guess who's not getting paid? Teachers, and we're not putting one more dollar into the pension system. It is time for teachers in this state to realize that you are the value, not your union bosses. That middle-class teacher is so important to the kids' well-being and development. The fact that the kids are being isolated from the teacher is a crime in and of itself. This is a great civil rights crisis that is going on in our country. The other thing I would do, is let this constitutional amendment that legalized pot, let it stand without any action. I would veto any and all taxes on marijuana. Let me say that again. Marijuana should be legal and decriminalized, but it should not be taxed. I would veto any and all new taxes. The only taxes, the only taxes that you can justify are user fees. So as an example, 
tolls on the parkway, etc. But would they go up or down? They would come down. Why? Because we would shift the money around and save money by decreasing the size of government. The model, Brett Schundler, back in Jersey City in the 90s when he was mayor, allowed for the natural attrition of government to lower the cost of government. So within that first year, they lowered their cost by 10% because people left and they were not replaced. Now, the other thing we have to do is consolidate school districts and fire half of these superintendents. Most of them are just bloated bureaucrats and they're doing nothing for you and your kids. So that's just a little bit about what I would do. Uh, I'll tell you another thing. I'll tell you another thing. I would modernize for natural gas exports. We have the capability with our pipeline infrastructure, get all the good guys at ELEC 825 working again, get more pipelines built, safer transport of natural gas is not on the rails or on the roadways, it's through pipelines. That's the safest way to do it. And get that so that we can benefit from taxing the exports. The rest of the world needs what we have. New Jersey is already poised to do it. We have the technology, we have the ability, we have the transfer stations, we just need a governor with the guts to get it done. So you can read all about what I would do to fix New Jersey at the website nj1015.com slash billspadia. I've got dozens of articles written on this from reverse millionaires tax to how it would cut the cost of government, how we would uh, redefine benefits for the CWA and other government workers to define contribution instead of define benefits. There are a million things to do and you know what I don't hear? I don't hear one candidate right now on the Republican side talking about challenging Murphy using any of the ideas that I've fought for and thrown out there. You all know that it's about us. It's not about the elites. It's time to take down the elites and change this state. We have lost 31% of our small businesses since the lockdowns. Governor Murphy cannot run on re for re-election campaigning that what, he didn't destroy two out of three businesses? Although we lost one out of three, it's not right. We need aggressive action, we need thoughtful leadership, but we need somebody with the toughness and the grit to be a little bit insensitive. And I'm sorry for those of you that heard the show this morning that felt a little offended when I said, everybody dies, everybody dies. And it doesn't make you miss mom or dad or grandma or grandpa any less just because they're 85, 95, whatever it is. But it does mean that when you get to a certain point, there is absolutely no reason that you can say for any reason that the only way to protect my 85-year-old grandmother, mother, whatever it is, or whatever, whoever they are, is by destroying the lives and livelihood of young, healthy people. There is zero, zero justification for any lockdown. We give them a mulligan on what happened early on because we did not know if, it, if we were living in some zombie apocalypse, some uh, contagion movie, the movie with Matt Damon. We didn't know that. I am legend with Will Smith, all these things. We didn't know. But we know now that we're basically dealing with a version of the flu. <laughs> really, a version of the cold. We have to open up everything 100% open, no distance, no masks. All right, hit me up on Twitter, at Bill Spady. And of course, check back in. I am, I am live every morning at 5.55, right before the show. So talk to me tomorrow morning right here on Facebook Live. My show starts at 6 am spread the word share this video with your friends encourage people to download the free new jersey 101.5 app and subscribe to my show we need to get our voices out there we're well over a million people now when who are tuning into the show one way or the other we need to grow that number we need to get past two million and we can do it and the more people that are listening the more people that are going to be armed with the facts 
to fight back and say it's time to stand up for our businesses, stand up for our families, stand up for our state, and take it back from this awful, awful person, Phil Murphy. All right, that's all I got for you. Follow me on Twitter, at Phil Spadia. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.